Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Game of Thrones 2 Electric Bookaloo. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, Steve and I cover episode 6 of season 7, Beyond the Wall. This is the episode where Sansa finds Arya's collection of faces. Littlefinger continues to sow dissent at Winterfell. That was one of my favorite threads of the season. The expedition north of the Wall gets surrounded by zombies. And then, of course, Viseron becomes a zombie dragon. Here is comic Steve Osborne. Hello? Faithfully. Circus life. <laughs> Under the big top world. I mean, it really does make you take circus life a little bit more seriously. I know. And I, it's like, I feel like it's the one time maybe circus life was taken. Like, there's probably a lot of songs in the 70s. Probably like Elton John has like a B-side that talks about like a trapeze artist or something. But, <laughs> but you know, it romanticizes it. You know, the certain whimsy. It romanticizes it, but it also makes you consider what you're losing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like... Say that the road ain't no place to raise a family. It's, it functions in the same way that Mars does in Bowie's body of work. Right. The idea is like, okay, be careful what you ask for, guys. I mean, Mars sounds great. I would like to see a sort of a circus theme on Mars... Right, just a bunch of parents going, man, this, we made some bad decisions there. <laughs> is life on Mars? <laughs> Steve, this episode could have easily be called Gendry Gets Disrespected Again. Poor Gendry. I mean, it starts with the fact that basically Gendry gets taken out of a really kind of a cushy job in King's Landing. He was ready to go. He was ready to go. He was ready to go, but I mean, it's not like Davos. I'm not I'm not a learned man. You're going to go to your certain death. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Look, I'm not, I'm not a learned man, uh, but I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to have to run in the cold for a real long time. <laughs> then he just, he's got a, I think he's got a legitimate complaint to Barrick and Thoros. Sure. Yeah, you sold me. You, you sold, sold me. me to be a human sacrifice. I was willing to join your little band here. I was all about it. I was like, hey, no, I'm in. I see what I need to see. And they're like, great. 
uh, you're going to go with the switch. <laughs> and she is going to, to sex the blood out of you. I think this gets totally disrespected by the hound. I mean, he's, I mean, if ever you have a, if ever you have justification to complain, it's when you are sold as a human sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. And the hound's just like, well, you're not dead, are you? It's like, well, I guess. I mean, I feel like you know the answer to this. Uh, then <laughs> it's not like the hound doesn't grouse. Then they they basically say. All right, you've got to run full speed back to the wall, and guess what? You can't take your weapon. Because we need you to be just super fast. We need you to be fast. I know that this is your favorite hammer. So, so that that does like you know we talk about like logistical issues and uh, and things that yeah. that that bring up certain concerns. Yeah. And I feel like this episode, like I was a lot more forgiving than the previous. Uh, but I'm like, how do we know Genry's fast? How do you guys just know this? Well, how is he that fast? I mean, they took... I mean, he's super fast, for one. You would imagine that took them a long time to get where they were. So that's the thing. So, right? So, so, so I'm, I'm willing. This is my willingness. I am willing to accept that Gendry is super fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm willing to accept that. But what I'm not willing to accept is that they just know he's super fast. <laughs> like, gonna, you're not even going to have one moment when they're like, aren't you the fastest guy in Westeros? You know, like, if there was at least one of those, if there was just some element of, like, like the hound going, you could be dead and not the fastest person in the world. Yeah, what do we know, know about him? Then that's it. He's great at blacksmithing, right? Super good at smithing. When it, if it's hammer time, he's the guy you want. And he's hella fast. And we've never seen him run, to my knowledge. I and mean, we may have, but I don't know that he ever was just like outrunning everybody to the point where like tales of the Baratheon. What would have been bastard, great is if bastard. when Davos first set him free and he got in that rowboat. <laughs> that it, it like he just <laughs> it was just like a motorboat going out of there. If he just goes boats where we're going, we don't need boats, and he just runs so fast he's on water. <laughs> Like that would be. Like, I'm not a learned man, but I'm going to tell you right now, that's the fastest man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that I may not be highborn, but I know. <laughs> but I know superhuman speed when I see it. Again, not going to believe at the point, but it takes them a long time to get to where they are north of the wall. Right, and if they ran as fast as Gendry, it wouldn't have. I mean, that's just the answer to that. If that's what you're, if that they, <laughs> they were, they were all, <laughs> they were holding them back. Okay, if you want to go with no, if you want to go with no weapons and no provisions, and you just want to sprint, dude. No big deal. Get yourself a White Walker. Be back by nightfall. But, you know, you've got a group. Not everybody's going to run at the same speed. It's like the old African proverb, Steve. If you <laughs> if you want a zombie fast, send Gendry. If, if you Sorry. want the hound to be called out for his sad eyes, send an entire group. Exactly. No, it's, it's, it's common knowledge. <laughs> All right. And everybody, everybody knows that once you've been resurrected several times, you're just not as fast as it used to be. <laughs> I will point out that Gendry runs. All right, so let's mm -hmm. say he's super fast. He gets back to the wall in I don't know, like a fraction of the time that it took to get there. Mm -hmm. That's what running will do. They send a raven. Mm -hmm. The raven goes all the way south. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It gets to Danny, mm -hmm. who presumably reads the. The, the little scroll yeah. gets on the dragon mm -hmm. 
and the dragon gets all the way north just in time to save the day. Right. Uh, so your assumption is that Gendry didn't grab the raven and run. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fastest way south. <laughs> Sorry. Just take the like, bird. Well, I, I, like, I feel like we don't need the raven at this point. Like, it's tradition. <laughs> He just he runs as fast as he can to drag his and he just thrucks the bucks the raven through a window. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, I know, I know, and I know the ravens. The ravens are doing doing. A lot. Maybe Bran's sending these ravens. Like he's already knows. <laughs> well, yeah, right. So you use- see now, wouldn't that have been like? Isn't that like now? There's something, right? Like mm-hmm. just be, like, we're talking about logistics, and I, I mean, and I know I'm about to kind of betray my own sensibilities, but since you've already opened up this can of, of worms, mm-hmm. why as well see what they can do? Like, is there why? Why not have some sort of an element of of contacting Bran or like you know? Well, what like- if like what if Bran wargs into one of the dragons? And like talks to Danny. Honestly, at that point, why, why why wouldn't that be so hard, right? Why would why would that be? Yeah. Like the idea of doing the Raven. Although it would have of... to have the voice of Sean Connery, <laughs> for sure. And that was probably the deal. Danny, right you better fly north of the wall. Ah, <laughs> oh, but I'm a wise cracking old dragon. I'll tell you a tale or two on the way up. The well, so that's and so that brings up, I think, a good point, right? It's like it feels like they want the rules, but they want to break them at the same time. Right. So yeah. rather than using magic to get the information to where they need to get to, let's let's go on foot and then by air and, and then by air again. And mm-hmm. we'll do that real super quick. Right. Like so that becomes a problem. So that's so that's an interesting thing, because you could have you've developed you've developed mechanisms we've already we've already seen mm-hmm. wargs. You're, you're traveling with two people that are lord of lights type dudes you could have you could introduce something right yeah you could do like a fire like send a fire vision you know right i mean you could totally introduce something especially with as the as the i don't know the guy's name but you know the, the singing yeah, yeah the singing guy like as, as he's dying he could be like you know i could do a blah 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 but it'll surely kill you i'm already dead like introduce that yeah, you yeah. know introduce a, a, a special thing and and he sends a firework out of his butt or whatever it is, but everybody knows it's fatal. You get one shot. It's it's you know it's it's the fatal flare, <laughs> and 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 then they do, and then Danny happens to be looking up, and she's like, "Regulators, mount up!" And then she takes off. Now, like, I mean, that's all. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, like, and I think would you would you have less of an issue with that? You think? Hey, if they did that, I mean, they've introduced a buttload of magic, right? Yeah, a veritable buttload. I feel like I would be less taken out at that point than breaking the rules you've already established. Right. So, and it's an odd choice that they don't, right? Because I think it's interesting that they're like, "Well, this is you know, these are the rules we've established." Well, if anything, Bran is really underutilized at this point, right? Right. Might as well have him be the wind or something that does just does anything, right? We did get to see a zombie bear. Yeah, we did. Which I really like this zombie bear. What's not to like? I, I mean, just everything about the whole scene where they're like, you know, does the bear have blue eyes? And then it, they're, you know, kind of ghost in the darkness kind of thing where you're not sure where the bear's coming from. And then that bear is just huge. <laughs> and he's a zombie. I mean, yeah. he's a huge zombie bear. I mean, you had me at, you had me at zombie bear, but then you add huge zombie bear. 
I'm all in. <laughs> I am all in. I, I'm willing to forgive all of the fast forwarding uh, for the zombie bear. So this was a very strong episode. I I really did enjoy this episode. I don't know what I agree, and and I I I did like it quite a bit. It was a nice. I mean, to be real, <laughs> what we're quibbling about is. Well, I don't think that they would have had enough time to fend off a gigantic army of the undead in the amount of time that it took him to run back. And it's like you've realized the first part of your sentence. <laughs> and then, then you or might want the wanna... second part. I don't think there was enough time for her to get the dragon <laughs> over the wall to face the Night King on time. <laughs> Who's got a wicked spear arm by the way so i mean these are the kinds of things where you're just like the more you say them out loud the more you realize you know i'm just gonna watch the next episode <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I this was a strong episode i really liked it was very it was a very sort of dirty dozen magnificent seven kind of vibe Even- yeah this is a this is a very uh this is a very effective trope and it's 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 familiar, and it's familiar because um, people want it to be right. I mean, yeah. we want to see. You know, this is sort of Jason and the Argonauts. That we want to see all of these different heroes that have these different superpowers or different weapons or whatever, and they're unlikely band, and they band together, and they go on an adventure. I mean, that's just—it's a tale as old as time, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> so I liked it. I think you know what would have made this little band of misfits even better? A hat. They could put on a hat. Oh, I thought about that immediately. They did get their hoods on at one point. At one point they were wearing hoods, yeah. They've got yeah, the hoods. And I was like, and I so, so this has come up. I mean I brought it That's up. That's even said, worse. You're gonna wear one hood for one scene. <laughs> yeah. It's it oh man, we it's definitely hood weather right now. Um yeah, I brought that up and I said, ah, this is this episode. I know exactly what's going to frustrate Anthony. I'm all, there's no hats. And Heather goes, why don't they ever wear hats? Well, she's a smart woman. <laughs> I thought it was great. I It was almost a little tropey that they all had different weapons. Like when they're fighting off the zombies, it's like sure. one guy's got a hammer and one's got a sword and one guy's got a sword on fire. One guy's got a Valyrian <laughs> steel sword. One guy's got knives. And then I was thinking... Why does Jorah have just have knives? Like that doesn't seem very effective. <laughs> they're Ninja Turtles. It's like they're Ninja Turtles, and it's yeah. it's kind of like, all right, you know, I get it. It's the Magnificent Seven, so you have to have one guy that's good with knives. But yeah. I've always felt like the guy whose specialty is knives. It's <laughs> not that impressive. Well, I tell you what, they've learned their whip, lesson. But I was just gonna say they've learned their lesson. There's not there wasn't a whip in the bunch, and if there was, they weren't using it to fight anybody. I would have liked to see at least one zombie with a whip. <laughs> that would be great, yeah. Uh so they've got Nun- that going. Nunchucks. And of course you called it out, Steve. Zombie Dragon. Zombie Dragon. And I was uh, yeah, Heather looks over, she's like, I think you're gonna get what you asked for. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, zombie dragon. I'm I'm not I'm not happy about it. Oh, you're not. Well, I mean, I'm happy that I. But I mean, it's 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 a game changer, dude. It, it is. Well, it means that. Yes, it's a total game changer because how are they going to get over the wall? Well, they really couldn't before. Right. But now they yeah. got a zombie dragon. They got a zombie dragon. They got a zombie dragon. Mm-hmm. Everybody should have a zombie dragon. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. I almost feel like they should have stretched out the zombie. Like, I like the zombie bear, but I almost feel like it was a little bit over shadowed by the zombie dragon well i feel like the zombie bear set you up for the zombie dragon, yeah, it's right? possible yeah that's Cause that's because i mean because we've seen the zombie giants and that was kind of my mm-hmm. thing like hmm and then when you see the zombie bear and you've seen the zombie horses so like i just feel like this was sort of a nice little little bookend adventure here of that kind of mm-hmm. thing where it's yeah. like look you know they'll do that to bears what 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 could they what else could they do that uh-huh. to? yeah yeah if this is if this is what a, a zombie bear could do Right. Just imagine what a zombie dragon can do. Uh, yeah. So now my question is: there were several memes going around. Did did you know about the zombie dragon, or did it just make sense because of the storyline? Uh, it makes sense because of the storyline. Um, and, and but you know, in in when you say that, I mean, I I am of the mind that I have very little knowledge about this show with the except like i knew the red wedding mm-hmm. and that was it but i and I, I to and i only think i know it by like headlines or like it was it was kind of a ref, reference point right you must have seen a meme or two it's possible it's i've i've seen the winter's coming meme like you know 
every time it's pumpkin spice latte season or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't, I mean, I, I've seen memes with uh, like Danny or whatever, but I don't, I've never made any conscious connection to what they're supposed to be. Sure. So it's, 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 it's quite possible that, that my prediction was not uh, born in pure genius. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and Heather, by saying, I think you're going to get what you want. Had she been spoiled? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think she was spoiled by it because I don't think it was, it wasn't one of the, like, you know, you're trying to make predictors, you know, make mm-hmm. predictions as you kind of go along. So, and, and again, this was because as far as I was concerned, I was making a pretty good prediction. Um, so yeah, once the dragon showed up, uh, and then night King starts making his move. Get rid of the night King. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't sleep on the night King. He, man, that guy's got... He's got an icy cold stare. Yeah. But he's got more than that. He's not just the guy with the icy cold stare. Well, I like that he's out there in the battle. All right. That's that's what you want to like because that conversation comes up a lot. He's about also kings. got magic javelins. <laughs> magic javelins. And he knows how to use them. You know, it's one thing to have them. You know, I mean, look at, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Braun did a pretty good job with the scorpion, but not enough. Now he's got these so, javelins. Yeah. Why doesn't he throw them at the, the men who are just sitting there? On the little, their little zombie island. Wonderful points. Now that's the question that I have: Is the Night King? Obviously, the Night King is is dealing. He's a magical creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how magical is this creature? Right, he made contact with uh, Bran. Yeah, how much? How much can this Night King do? He can turn babies into. He can procreate, I suppose. In a right. in a weird way. So the fact that he made contact with Bran, I mean, does that indicate, like, or could it potentially indicate that he's got some sort of other worldly uh, abilities in terms of what he sees, what he knows? Does yeah, he have access to something? Yeah, and they don't, I mean, they clearly they've never spelled out what he can do and how much he can do, which is a problem. Right, so <clears throat> the idea for me was, like, was this situation where, like, not throwing the javelins at them? Because, look, there's, like, what? Mm six of them at this point yeah um but if he if he sees them as a potential trap or a bait for a bigger prize then you know so in that case it's like well does he what does he know all right does... and i think a lot of people at this point were still saying well let's see here let's imagine that bran is the night king There's a lot of people mm. pushing this theory bran actually goes back in time and he becomes the night king and so Bran kind of knows, like, he can see the, the the future, he can see the past, he knows that if he gets these guys on an island, there's going to be a dragon that shows up, and he's got this amazing javelin arm, and he's going to get the dragon, so he's got it all planned out. Right. Um, and then everyone kind of started spinning their wheels on that, and it, you know, didn't didn't come to fruition. So it was, uh, it was kind of like... Uh, I mean, Bran is an interesting character for a number of reasons. It's just that they didn't they didn't do that with his character, which would have been which would have been an interesting complication, right? If all of a sudden you sure. realize, okay, the big enemy is Bran, but Bran sees a bigger picture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What ended up people ended up arguing about Steve, interestingly enough, is they really didn't like that the Night King had a big chain. Huh. There was a lot of people arguing, and I, I mean a lot, I mean like hundreds of thousands of people that were upset 
about this uh-huh. chain that they pulled Viseron out of the water with. Because, of course, where's he going to get at this chain? That, that's a problem? That's the big problem. I never had you a don't... problem with the chain. I thought, well, he keeps it in his chain compartment. And he, he wears, he he, sent, where does he get his clothes? He sent, Why are we okay with all this? Yeah. Chains are our problem right now. He sent his, he has an icy javelin bear. that he could throw as far as he wants. He, he sent and his, we're worried about, well, where did zombie he bear the back to get the chain? <laughs> and then the zombie bear came back with the chain. He has undead giants. <laughs> and we're worried about actual chains. Yeah. Yeah, where do you get the chain? That's a big chain. I mean, you can't just like keep the chain like you got to have the chain handy. I don't care. I honestly don't care how he gets the chain. I mean, if he used the force to like to <laughs> levitate the dragon like an X-wing out of the drink and then turned it into a zombie. That would have been fine with me too. I mean, you're doing all this other junk. Why not do that? That's fine. All right. and I, don't, I, mean, I guess I don't care about the chain, to be honest. Yeah, the, the chain. The chain seems like we're fighting the wrong battles mm-hmm. here. All right. The other thing that made this episode really fantastic was I, I'm genuinely concerned with this strife between Arya and Sansa. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree. This has been an, a very effective uh, subplot. It's kind of like, I mean, part of it's like, well, they should just be grateful that they're both alive and be grateful for each other. And I'm thinking, nope, that's not how families work. No, and that's what's been so great about this is that, and we talked about this when their reunion was kind of lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I think it's been really effective because when they left each other, they were, you know, I mean, they grew out of each other yeah. and and their vision of how they were going to respond to uh, not only their own situations, but what their family situation is, has been very different. That's right. And at the same time, from the perception of the other, they're both very similar to how they used to be. Like Arya mm-hmm. says, you always kind of liked you know, people treating you fancy and you like nice things and you got what you wanted and now you're playing politics, yeah. right? So from Arya's perspective, it's kind of like, that's kind of who you are. That's Yeah. Um, and from from Sansa's perspective, it's kind of like, you are, you have no clue how to act in society. You can't just be a wrecking ball. That's just not how things get done. Right, and then she finds out that Arya is like stealing faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Well, and so just all about it, right? Like it's all so the tension in this. It's funny because like we have this scene where the undead are just marching towards, you know, the the uh, the wall. That's right. Your dirty dozen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And but you've got the tension between these two is so well done that I, I was probably more on the edge of my uh-huh. seat for every element that, and then as soon as Littlefinger comes in, it's like, it is so rife with complication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel overdone. Um, I, I feel like I am getting to a certain point where I'm just like, I don't know how, I don't know how much I've got left in me with Littlefinger. <laughs> you know, it's like there comes a point where it's like I love the idea that he exists and he's and he's sort of like he pops in and all he's doing this but now that we're getting kind of like a lot of Littlefinger again like you know we had him early like in, in the in the series and he was um, 
Yeah, and he was he was he was a little saucy little minx, and he was this <laughs> and he was that. But then now that he's become much more of a threat, and the stakes are higher, it seems. Uh, the more I see him, the more I'm just like, God, I don't know how much longer I got. <laughs> you know, <it's> just, <laughs> but I, but I think that that speaks to the effectiveness of the character mm-hmm. because there is this element of like, God, he really just screws everything up. <laughs> and then you don't like, you're like, just well, is Sansa. I mean, like again, it, Sansa is so vexing, and I think we've land. I think I finally just landed on this uh, idea that like, I think she just kind of sucks. <laughs> it feels that way, you know. I mean, it's. It's like I'm like, oh, is she tough? Oh, is she learning from this? Or is she just I'm like, what is your deal? What's your deal? Well, I do okay, like I said before, I think she's a survivor. And I th- I think like it w- if it wasn't this episode, it was really recently when she said someone said, It sounds like you actually respect Cersei, and she said, Actually I learned a lot of from Cersei. Right. And I think that there's some there's a part of her that feels like I ain't gonna get fooled again. I'm going to learn as much as I can from Littlefinger, as much as I can from Cersei. And if I have to start playing the game, then I'm not going to care as much about being as honorable as my father was. I'm going to win. Right. And I think that's a character that she's kind of become, which is an interesting juxtaposition with Arya, because Arya's like, the bad dudes have to die. <laughs> like, right. like that's what's gonna happen. And and I don't yeah. so Arya's And I get to do it. Yeah. It's almost like she's become a monster so she can fight the monsters, but Sans right. has become a political monster mm-hmm. in a different, that's different fair. kind of way. Well, but that's the assumption, right? And I, I mean I and that's I guess where I where I get a little fatigued and frustrated with Arya or uh, Sansa's because there there are moments where you're like oh yeah so she she's going to yeah maybe she's playing little finger a little bit mm-hmm. or oh she seems to get it and then and then she just doesn't yeah. and you're just like ah come on you know <laughs> and so that's where it's like where you're like okay well maybe and that's where I go when I when I say she sucks I'm like well maybe she's just not as you know she's just not very good at this she hasn't adapted but then I, at the same time I'm like I don't know is it's so hard to know her um, well, and, and I don't, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one of the things she's learned from Littlefinger is that you don't ever show your cards, right? You're right. And there is a yeah. sense in which even the audience hasn't seen her cards yet. Yeah, and I guess that's the hope, right? I mean, I, to some degree, because otherwise you just have kind of a character that can be mm-hmm. uh, just used to uh, to move the you know for Littlefinger to sort of move his agenda mm-hmm. along because she you know she thinks she's got agency but really it's just the agency that yeah uh, if they don't handle that, that, Sansa's payoff well then you're gonna go back and relook at these episodes and think well they they didn't really know what they were doing with her and it becomes right a and, lost that, and kind I think thing. and I think that's the concern and I would and and I would rather her be intentionally you know in over her head than just not fleshed out and just sort of used mm. as a prop mm. because we've come too far with her and she's too she's too necessary a character to sort of have as just this like ah she's just going to be the thing that that helps Littlefinger move his pieces along right and mm-hmm. I just and so that's the concern um, but I do but the, I, and you know but the Arya factor is very intriguing um, the idea that Arya is there and that Littlefinger is not on her list but you kind of get a sense that 
could be. <laughs> yeah. She could have a new list. Yeah, it doesn't take much to get on her list. No. Um. All right. So we had this exchange between Danny and Tyrion about succession. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good source of tension as well, right? And I think that's what we've. Yeah, yeah. What we have is is um, we have these unlikely pairings or teaming ups, right? That we've we've experienced. Yeah. Um, and I think the show's done a pretty good job of not just taking those the unlikeliness for granted. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. It's like, hey, you don't just put Tyrion and Danny together and not expect there to be some level of of mistrust mm-hmm. or or at least. At least some questioning, right? I think what this scene does is it shows that when Danny talks about breaking the wheel, she doesn't really have a long-term solution. So similar to Rob. Similar to Rob's problem. And I think Tyrion, because he overthinks everything, is thinking, okay, I, I, I'm, I believe in you. I believe you want to break the wheel. But what does that actually mean? Because if it just means that you take the Iron Throne, uh, this is this is not exactly what I had in mind. Right. And, and so, and he suggests... And I'm following you because I want this to be broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. So, and it was interesting because as this kind of was unfolding in real time, there was some speculation about whether or not she's talking about a new form of government and maybe we'll see something like proto-democracy, like, you know, ancient Athens or like Mm. baby steps like the Magna Carta or something like that, where there's the sharing of power among the lordship. And so what Tyrion brings up, he says, well, actually, actually, they elect they elect their rulers at the Wall. They elect their rulers on the Iron Islands. Um, how about how about thinking about a new form of government? And she just completely smacks him down. Yeah. Uh, because the only reason that you want to think about that is if you're imagining that I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm not sure if that dialogue was fan service. Because they knew that what the fans were arguing about had been arguing mm. about for you know over a year, gotcha. Or if that's something that they were thinking about doing all along, because I mean to be honest, e- even though Danny has said she wants to break the wheel a few times, I don't really feel like we know what she has in mind. And no, no yeah. that's true. And then there are times where it feels like this. We've talked about her like you know grappling with altruism and then also being the queen mm-hmm. there's those two don't really exist right i mean like that's kind of like like and you can you could take any political system and say that anybody at the top to suggest that they are not um also servicing their own ego right is 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 just absolute folly mm-hmm. right i mean so and we've seen it right we see i mean like if she's all about you know people being free and this and that why does she care if john bends the knee Right. right. I mean, like, 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 why would that, why would that be such a sticking point? If, yeah. if he's like, look, I just want to, I want to leave my people and I don't really, I, I'm trying to get a, a fight for the greater good here that includes you. I'll just go on my merry way when we're done here. I, I'm no interest in, in challenging you. Um, but for her, it's like, but then you have to bend the knee. So mm-hmm. that, that to me, that's the progression and it makes sense. And I think that is good because I think, I think we're supposed to see Danny as, like, yeah, this is what you want to do. But then the more that you, you start accomplishing what, you know, what you're setting out for, 
the more you're going to start reading your own press, the, the, the more the more titles Miss Sandy is going to give to introduce you, the more you're going to be like, hell yeah. <laughs> all right. So eventually, John escapes. All right. So he's uh, here's the here's the thing about John. So John goes under this icy water and he comes up. He's able to drag himself to safety. Mm-hmm. And part of that makes me feel like, well, he's kind of a zombie. So sure. So I guess you know, he, I don't know about all the zombie rules. So I guess apparently you can do that. And then Benjen comes out of nowhere, and then inexplicably commits suicide. <laughs> right, and I guess, and I think here here's the some of the issues that I'm having, and I think we touched on this same notion with the. Uh, with well, why not just have magic send the message you know originally right. uh why why not not you've got a lot of drama in this episode mm-hmm. john doesn't need to be in the water <laughs> well i you know think what, what I mean? happens I'm, is that why would danny leave without him well then don't there's the other solution yeah don't do that <laughs> <laughs> you, she lost the dragon. There's your big thing. That's the big thing. Right. <laughs> so, so losing the dragon and him doesn't, and then, and then he's, then all he's not lost, like in the same episode. So eventually he so, winds up at the wall and then they put him in the boat, right? Right. So that, but I'm saying, like, that's the bigger issue for me yeah. is like, you, you don't have to have a wonky explanation for something if you don't ever create the thing that needs to be explained in the first place. Cause it doesn't, <laughs> Because nothing came of it, he was in and out fairly quickly. Yeah. I mean, he, it'd be one thing if he was like bitten, or it if get, he... the payoff was from season one. He had always wondered about his uncle Benjen, and it turned out that his uncle Benjen had become a zombie and was just kind of camping out just so he could yeah. save John. Then he could have also helped during the fight with the zombies. <laughs> And bought more time for Gendry to book it to the wall. Maybe he's in cahoots with the Night King, and he actually brought the chain south. <laughs> that's what he was doing. He was coming down with the chain. He goes, "Oh man, it's John." See, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the big. To me, that's the bigger problem. Yeah. You do, like you you create a you created a situation you had to solve, and then you solved it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, then don't solve it. Don't don't do it. Okay, let me ask you a question. Does John bend the knee in this episode? Yeah. I mean, is that... Oh, I see what you're saying. So... Or, like, did she she let him off the hook? Like, just wanting to was enough? If I had just come out of surgery and I'm feeling a little loopy, <laughs> and I propose to you, like a proposed marriage, mm-hmm. don't you want to, like, get me, like, in a different context <laughs> for that kind of decision? You want him to bend the knee in a hot air balloon. <laughs> On the top of a dragon or something. I mean, yeah. I kind of feel like, all right, so a marriage, that's kind of an important decision. This is kind of a marriage of two entire cultures. It's a big <laughs> deal, and I'm not sure that you want to accept John's proposal or bend the knee or whatever it is, his, his subservience in this context. I don't know that it means what she thinks it means. And on top of that, there's no one else in the room, mm-hmm. and he doesn't actually bend the knee, right? Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I I got the sense that he bent the knee. Okay, all right. That was my that was my take. 
was that um was that uh he, he'd seen some stuff he 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 sees where things are at he saw he saw her come into action and all that stuff and i like i think there was a moment where he's like no i think uh i didn't put I this i think she's the queen yeah i i didn't put this together until just now but i think in the previous episode he said i will i will bend the knee once you come to the north and defeat the night king mm. i think he said something like that Gotcha. So this is kind of like, eh, it's close enough. Close enough. You and came to the north and you lost a dragon, so I'm sorry about that. And you're and you're and you're super hot, so all right. And you can totally see that I'm undead at this point and Right. You've, you've <laughs> seen my scars. You know that um, I'm undead, and so I guess I should just take what I can get. Exactly. There's no <laughs> this is it. I've just been outed. Uh all right, so he finally bends the knee. And, um, and so, all right. So then Danny gets a new superpower, right? Because now she's got all of the armies to the north. Mm-hmm. But the Night King gets a superpower too. Yeah. That's a pretty big and, deal. Well, the thing is, is that they're, she's just playing catch up with the Night King's army in terms of just numbers, right? Well, not only that, but here's the Night King superpower. If he kills a member of your army, he gets he gets a member, a member. Of, yeah, a new member of his army, right? So right, whereas, so that's the growth thing. Yeah, whereas if I kill a member of the Night King's army, then you know, then that's just one down or whatever. Right, and whereas now he's like, hey, I can throw a spear at a dragon. I can also throw a spear at a dragon from a dragon. <laughs> so there's there's that element, right? I mean, so the Night King. The Night King's uh, ability to 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 make a bigger army grows exponentially, and because they're sort of like brainless zombies, there's no real sense of a coup. Yeah, right. Yeah, there's not going to be an uprising. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that's key. I think that that's a really. I think that there's so much. So so as far as we can tell, because we don't have a lot to go on other than just what we see. There's no like, all right. Well, what's our strategy here, uh, Night King? Um, well, he is, his hand is like, well, maybe if we um, took all the undead and just went slowly uh, towards the wall. And he's like, mm, okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Should we take all of them? Well, I was, I was assuming we just take all of them. Okay. Because, okay, the women too? Well, yeah, it's hard to tell the difference. Okay. <laughs> and so... So, but then there was, but there was this little element that was interesting, right? So, like, there's, there's the, the zombies, and then there's like those guys, the the, the blue eyes. Yeah, the white walk. Yeah, so like the white walkers are the main dudes, and then there's so the, the night whites, King guys, the, and the whites. Okay, the, so they're the okay. Yeah, the whites are the zombies. So. So what I don't know is how many white walkers are there, right? And I don't know if we're supposed to know that or not. Yeah, that's a good question. Like, we don't know. There's been no discussion. So they're discovered. I mean, I guess we're discovering alongside, right? And that's sort of intentional. But that the idea that, like, well, if you can start taking out the white walkers, well, you take here's out the other thing. The whites. We, here's the other thing we learned in this episode is for some reason, Barrick thinks he knows that the way that you destroy the the zombies is you kill the one main white walker guy 
Well, because they did, right? The Night King, right? You, well, because they, they killed the one that was with right. the group, and then a bunch disintegrated except for the one. But then Beric says, look, if you kill him, he he's the one that turned them all. If you kill him... Oh, yeah, so he's, he's doing video game rationale. Yeah, it's video game rationale, I think. He's the big boss. Yeah. And I don't know how Beric thinks he knows this. Maybe he found it out in a fire or something. I, I've got right, no clue. Yeah. But it does give you a sense of, okay, one good shot, you know, one good lucky shot down the Death Star. Down the old Death Star ventilation port. Yeah. And you can uh, you know, you can win the day. So so that that's helpful. But yeah, like so they're they're getting they're getting knowledge, right? And so now you have so you have this, but yeah, you have this army that just keeps moving and moving and moving. We don't know what their motivations are. We don't know if there are any motivations. It's easy to see them as as without motivation, right? Like they just are looking to just keep on acquiring. But we don't know that. I mean, yeah, here's we don't the thing. know. They, sure. It's not like they're hungry for brains or something. It's just that they go where the magic guy points. Right. So... Yeah, so they they truly are kind of an army of minions in that way, right? Well, and then well, and in many ways, it's a, it's it's very much like what everybody is aspiring for in uh, Westeros. Oh, this is what this is what Cersei would like, right? Well, you can make the argument that almost anybody at at, at the end of the day, this is what they're really looking for, uh, and you know, Danny can can cloak it in giving them their freedom but also their freedom to follow me um yeah miss sandy seems to think that if she wants loose then danny will just set her loose right right but when the tarleys want loose (laughs) she she burns them alive (laughs) cook them so i think that there's something fascinating about the the night king because he conquers like that's what they're all trying to do they're trying to go okay well if i can get this part of the realm then i now have that part of the realm and my my and my kingdom has just expanded and that's how you advance right so the, they're doing everything against each other and it's just this back and forth acquire this person hey you bend the knee now you belong to me follow what i do hey unsullied you follow me like however you negotiate it um you know whether they're cell swords or whether they're people that you conquer and you sort of threaten or you you do people feel beholden because you set them free? Whatever that is, whatever you're appealing to, you're trying to grow that army. And the, and the Night King does it more efficiently than anybody else. The difference being, as far as we can tell, is he's not doing it for any like big end goal to be like, and then I'll rule. But at the same time, there's a sense of like, well, if I get if everybody's just a zombie, then yeah, I rule. That's right. That's Which right. is why I believe he ends up on the Iron Throne. Oh, so you're changing your changing your view, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right. I believe he should be on. Let me correct that. That's a satisfying ending for me. You would be happy with that ending. I would be happy with that ending. Huh. Well, I mean, it certainly would. Because it seems the most logical. I mean, like, I guess if I'm looking at the world that's, again, I'm, I'm now I'm expecting things to follow rules. They Every time they introduce a rule, they break it. But for me, the... Uh, the the rule of everything, when I'm, the way I'm watching everything is, is that look, the, the Night King's got it figured out. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's again, it all goes. There's no, there's no squabbling <laughs> from the whites, as far as I can tell. I can't understand them, um, but they seem to be pretty mission oriented. That would have been a really interesting 
problem to have. Like, for instance, some some people were suggesting at some point that someone like Littlefinger could go make an alliance with the Night King, or someone like Euron could go <laughs> make an alliance with the Night King. You know, in the same way that the the, the Sith Lord will sometimes make an alliance with some sort of lesser mortal, right? Sure. And that's, I don't know if, I mean, so far, the fact that they're veiled behind a big mystery right, is really intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. So I and don't I know if I want more they're... political intrigue in the, in the ranks, you know? Well, that's why I just see them as just, they're just a, look like they're like a plague. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They are. And so uh, Euron goes to, to negotiate, and uh, it's very much like when um, uh, what's his name goes to talk to Hans Gruber to try to negotiate with them. He's like, "I can give you McLean, sure, John, Bubby. It's Ellis, right? Ellis goes to negotiate That's right. with them. Uh, <laughs> so that would be Euron going over there to be like, "Night King, Bubby, I can get you, John Snow." <laughs> <laughs> John Snow's just like, don't negotiate with them. John, and if Alan Rickman was the yeah. voice of the Night King somehow, I'm surprised Alan Rickman was never in this because I don't think he had died. Uh, that would be. I mean, I'm I'm of the mind that you could have made the entire series just be like Alan Rickman as all the characters, like it was his clumps. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what I think that they did though. I think that they consciously didn't have any Harry Potter actors. Mm, that's a good point. Because now that I'm one, thinking they about, they only had the one Lord of the Rings, right? I think that there were two Lord of the Rings overlaps, and I, I'm trying to remember who the second one was. At least Sean Bean, right? Yeah. So Sean Bean. I think they got uh, they got Andy Serkis doing most of the dragon work. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> he does. He does the the dragons and the giant, and uh, and Varys. <laughs> 